Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning, and today we have a special guest, uh, and I guess you could say a friend of mine, is uh, Liz McNeil. And Liz, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Kim. It's great to be here. I really appreciate it. And uh, so tell our listeners uh, what you do. Well, I am a realtor with Keller Williams Realty Metropolitan, and I work with clients buying and selling real estate all over Houston of all ages. And then I also have a specialty division where I work with older adults making decisions about late in life moves. And then I also am the founder of the Houston Senior Living Series, which is a seminar series that I do on different topics. And you have been a great partner in that and on uh, many panels for me. So we've worked together on those, too. So today I think we're going to be talking about um, downsizing. And, and, you know, before the show started, we're kind of laughing, you know, about that sort of thing. Uh, Start off and, and explain why is it so hard for people to downsize? Well, it's a great question, and it touches on it in in so many ways. It it is so difficult for people, and that's no matter how old they are, whether they're, you know, 85 or 25. When you start looking at all of your stuff, as we say, all of the things about you that you have, it's hard to think about parting with them. It's hard to think about starting the process. It's just very difficult. And when you've lived in your home for 30 years, for 40 years, someone who's lived there all of that time, their kids are gone, or maybe they didn't have kids, but they've had other relatives in and out of the home. And they look around and they think, I need to make a change. I need to do something, but it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming to look at a, a, a room that's got a lot of things stored in it, or a closet that's got clothes that haven't been worn in 20 years. It's You look at all that and it's easier to just shut the door and think, I'll think, you know, I'll think about it later. <laughs> That's what it means. So many of us do that. And so if you think about a drawer, your your kitchen drunk junk drawer, we all have those. Everybody the the National Association of Realtors have actually done a study and they show that the average number of junk drawers in a house is three. Oh, so I have three. (laughs) (laughs) Your average. This is one you don't want to be above average at, right? (laughs) No, no, no. And so you clean them out and then more stuff comes in. And so and then there's. I ended up with a drawer that has nothing but plastic wear, like you get from to-go containers, you know, like when they send you your plastic wear home. I have a drawer full of that. I'm thinking, I don't need a drawer full of that, you know. So now you got to figure out how to get rid of that stuff and store stuff in there that's more meaningful or the stuff that you truly need every day. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that that's a difficult, it's very difficult if you go through this an actual the actual process of downsizing is looking at something and think, I may need it someday. I may need that thing. I may need that plastic fork and knife and the little um, awful pepper that's packaged that's in there <laughs> that is so old it no longer has any spice. But I may need it someday, and that's what people go through. So I have a list of 10 things that um, that we look at. If you pick up an item and you look at it and you ask that question, am I saving this just because I may need it someday? That's something you need to analyze and think about it. Uh, early in my marriage, because I was a pack rat for a good number of years, I'm better now. Uh, my ex-husband used to put stuff in a box and he'd date it and he'd put it in the attic. 
And if I didn't need it, by the time a year went by, that box was gone, you know. Or if I, and what my sister does with my mom is if you can tell me what's missing, then you can have it back. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet. I'm going to have to use that one. I like that. <laughs> and so, because, you know, my mom has been, you know, she's one of those that's been a collector over the years. And my grandmother was even worse. You know, she had um, different phases in her life where you could see what she was collecting at the time, you know, like all the Christmas gifts might've been in this, you know, like there for a long time, they had uh, those glass blown figurines you used to get in the mall. So there was one section, you know, one section in the living room where it was the shelves were nothing but glass figurines, you know, because she was one of those people that had everything. Finding something to buy her was always a challenge, you know, and then there was a lot of people buying gifts. So that made it a little more difficult. And so, but when you, when you live in a house full of memories, because it truly is, you have a house full of memories and they're, you know, 99% of them are great memories. How do you walk a client through going, it's okay to get rid of this? And so how do you walk them through, you know, those kinds of decisions when, you know, when they're maybe living in a house full of memories that they're not really not sure they want to let go of? And we always start out talking about that. We always start with a conversation. It just is like that. Let's just talk about that. Tell me a little bit about that memory that that comes from that, that item, whatever that item may be. If it's a uh, an item of clothing, we talk about that. And, you know, that was a great memory. But what can you do with this item of clothing now? If it's photos, yes, those are great memories. And what are you going to do with the, the photos when they're most of the time they're in a a box stuck in a closet that they never see. So we talk about what can you do with those memories uh, as far as that. You can take those photos out. You can do so many things with them where you can actually share them with other people in the family or friends that have never seen those photos or haven't seen them in 30 years. What a nice thing to be able to take those memories out and not just have that box stuck in there that's causing more clutter in your closet. And so that's just photographs. There are so many other things like that. If you start looking at each item and how do you deal with that item uh, as a memory, then you, you go through those questions, you ask that, and then you come up with a decision. Here's what I can do to keep the memory because the memory's there. And then also with the item, what can I do with the item so that I can have less clutter in my house? Yeah, I'm I'm in the second house I've ever lived in. And so I got rid of a bunch of stuff from the first house to the second house. And uh, and I know I'm fixing to get ready for the, the last house. I want to make the one more move and um, downsize. Definitely. I'm in a two story. want to go to one, you know, and so definitely going to have fewer, you know, fewer things. And it seemed like it was easier the first go round um, to, you know, just basically kind of dump half the house before you moved. Um, because they ended up buying a bunch of new furniture and things like that, you know, because the house was bigger and I had more room to, to play in. Um, but I'm finding that, um, you know, that I've been going through a lot lately, which I think is very uncharacteristic of me, really starting to try to go through things now and kind of sort them, you know, of what do I want to keep, what I want to give away. Um, you know, I think the last thing I'm going to be doing is the clothes in my closet because I keep thinking I'm going to get back into some of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, is there any particular thing that you find that people have a hard time getting rid of? Yeah, I think it's a lot of the things that we've talked about. It may be clothes, it may be 
other things. It, it may be their china, their crystal, or, you know, maybe it's their grandmother's quilt, you know, those things that people do have trouble getting rid of. And because I do this, because I help people go through this process, I, I wanted to experience it. I wanted to know what does it feel like to get rid of these things? And so two years ago, I said that to my husband, I think we should sell our house and, and, and try renting an apartment. Let's move to a high rise and see if we like it and, and make some decisions. And of course, after the, what are you crazy comment question from my husband, um, fast forward six months, we sold our house and moved out to a, a high rise. And that's what we've done for two years. And it was an amazing process. So I experienced it. I wanted to know what it feels like. And something that I say to all of the people in my seminars and then also my clients, and I always say this, right now you can look at this item that you have, and this is what I went through back then two years ago, looking at that item and saying, I know what this means to me and I get to decide what to do with it right now. If I wait until something happens and our son comes in and he's going to decide what happens to that item, <laughs> he may decide something that... I might not agree with. He may decide that, you know, it, it can be tossed or it can be, it could be sold when I really want it to go to someone that I know would appreciate it the right way. So that's what I say to people all, most often is that right now as a well, healthy individual, whether I'm 61 or whether I'm 85, I get to choose where it goes. I get to make that decision I decide what's going to happen to that item. And that's that's a, a real um, feeling of empowerment, knowing that it's mine and I treasure it for this reason, whatever the reason may be, and then I choose where it goes. I found that when I, um, when I moved into the house I'm living in now, I actually have a china cabinet. So I took my china out that I got when I got married. And I'm looking at the china thinking, I wouldn't have picked that out today. <laughs> and so... You know, but it's there, you know, and I had enough so that each of the girls, you know, could have, you know, but my girls don't want it either, you know. So, um, so is there places or things that, I mean, do you help clients actually figure out where to donate that stuff that somebody else may can use it and things like that? Exactly. Yes, definitely. Because there are places that can use those items. And China's a good example. And I did the same thing when we moved from our home. And I said to our son and daughter-in-law, we have our China, you know, and I'm not going to have a room for it to have a China cabinet in our smaller space. Would you be interested in this? And our daughter-in-law said that would be a hard no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you I don't have room for my own China. No, I don't want that. And so I looked at it and I did the same thing. Certainly what I would choose now and select for something like that would not be what I chose, the same as I chose in 1978. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, what do I want to do with this? And I thought I, I've got everyday dishes that we use. I can donate those to someone who might need them in their kitchen. And I can put my china in my kitchen cabinet and I can use it every day. And that's what we do. So every day I open that cabinet for us to have dinner and I pull out two plates and I think this is so cool that I'm eating on this china that somebody gave to us as a wedding gift. And we use it every day and I, I love that. But there, so there are options of things you can do with um, your items and I do have resources with that. I partner with uh, senior move managers and they can assist with that as well and what can be done with it. A lot of people think that I'll sell my china 
I'll just go ahead and sell it. You know, my kids don't want it, so I'll sell it. And my China place setting of 12, Linux, Winsong, I'd be lucky if I'd get a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. And so I know I, I think, can't how, how expensive mine was. And I'm thinking, nobody's gonna want that, you know. So but I hear a lot of people now are going back and eating off their China. So that's a good thing. It is good. It's a great way to do it. We enjoy it. It's, it's really interesting. So some things are valuable that people can't want to get rid of. There are some valuable things that can be sold. One of the most amazing things is for tools out in the garage. Tools are very, very much you know, resale. That, that can be done with some good quality tools. And so a lot of times people have things in their garage and they're going to move and they don't, they're not going to be able to have the same space. And so those can be sold. Uh, silver can be sold for, for weight even. And that is, but the other things, a lot of things, collectibles, antiques and all that, it's really tough. And so kind of helping people walk through that, what can be done with it is a, is part of the process. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, downsizing, you know, so what tips do you give someone to help them with the process? The first thing I do is, is, like I said, start out with a conversation. Let's talk about what's the goal. What is it that you want to achieve? And, and a lot of times it will be, I just want to get rid of some of this stuff. And that's fine. We can talk about that. Let's talk about how do we get rid of it. Sometimes it's, I just want to move. I want to downsize. I don't want to deal with the, the uh, expense of my home anymore, maintaining it and et cetera. So let's talk about how do we go through that process and what are, how do we start? You know, and then you make that decision as to what do you want to achieve? What's the goal? And so if the goal is just to declutter, well, let's just talk about how we're going to get to that process. So do you do you have clients uh, like you did reach out to the family and say, hey, I'm getting rid of all of this stuff. If you want it, come get it. And how do you deal with them if no one wants it? because that was special to them. And so um, does that happen to you a lot in, in what you're doing now today for seniors? That's exactly right. That's a great way to put it. And, and it does happen just like, just like me saying, what about my China? And nobody wants that China. So there are things, most people, the kids will say, no, I don't have room for that. I mean, you know, storage facilities, personal storage facilities is one of the largest growing industries in the United States. Yes. because people have so much stuff. So they've got stuff in their garage and they can't pull their cars in and then they've got stuff in the storage facility. And so they look at, at mom's stuff and they say, no, I don't have a place for that. And so I have a client who is 88 years old and lived in a very large house. And she had that happen where her children said no. They didn't want any of her stuff. And so she called together all of her children and grandchildren and great grandchildren and said, we are going to look at all of my stuff. And she called them all together and had them all in the living room. They all sat there. She sat in the middle and she started pulling out each item that meant something to her. And she told them, here it is. This is something that your granddad and I bought in Spain in 1971. It meant so much to me. And she would give them the story. And all of a sudden, there were three or four or five of them saying, ooh, 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 I want that. And so that comes from a lot of times it means something to us, but we don't tell anyone else why. So I tell people, let's talk about it. Let's tell your family members why that means so much to you. And that kind of changes it. People are more interested in it then. And if nobody wants it then in your family, then I tell them, then let's reach outside. 
Are there friends that know that what this meant to you that you might want to share it with? Well, that's a good, that's a good tip. And so, um, my mom has, um, a lot of stuff that she's like inherited over the years. And, um, and so we were like, you need to get rid of it. You know, you're starting to be a pack rat mom, love you, but get rid of it. Well, you know, that's stuff that I can leave to you. And we're like, yeah, no, no, we don't want that. You know, so, um, we want you to enjoy life, have fun, you know, sell it, do whatever you need to do, you know, and use it for you. Um, but we all have enough junk that we don't need, you know, and I say, don't see junk. I say that very delicately, you know, it's stuff. Um, we all have stuff that we're trying to get rid of. So no, we don't want your stuff. We are trying to get rid of our stuff. And so, um, is there a, a huge benefit for someone to, to kind of go through this process, even when they're not moving? Definitely. Definitely. That's what, again, going back to that now, right now, you get to make the choice. You get to decide what happens to those items and you know, what's, what's going to be the end result of, of all of your uh, decisions. And also it changes your feeling when you open that closet and it's not, stuffed with everything falling out on you as you open it it gives you a much freer feeling and it helps you make those other decisions move forward with other decisions if you start out early and as i say while you can and i have a client right now who just we closed on her house two uh two weeks ago and she reached out to me at the age of 75 and said i want to move like we talked about i want to move uh to be closer to my kids i was going to wait but i can still do it now i'm healthy and i'm fine and i can do it and so she just attacked her house and started. She was just up on ladders and up and down and making all those decisions. And when I talked to her after we closed, she had already moved out of state. And uh, so we, we closed and I talked to her the next day. And she said, if I could go to one of your seminars, my advice would be to everyone there, don't wait until you're not well. And then, and then you can't do any of this. She said, I did it all. I didn't have to burden my children. I could make all the decisions myself. And so it's a really good tip to think about not waiting. It, it, whether you're moving or not, it doesn't mean you have to move and leave your home, but just to help deal with all of the stuff. Yeah. And so, well, too, um, you know, like with my grandmother, she was, you know, she said, uh, I kept asking her, who do you want to have stuff? And she said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just let them come in and they can, and let them get whatever they want. You know, so that's what we did. After both the grandparents passed away, set aside a Saturday for a couple of hours. And, you know, the kids were there, the grandkids, uh, some of the great grandkids, you know, that, you know, just came in. And, you know, the goal was, if you find something you want, you just kind of holler through the house, make sure no one else wants it. If no one else wants it, you go put it in the car, you know. So a lot of stuff got, you know, you know, just kind of walked out the door because my grandmother wanted them to, to take something they could use and that they wanted, you know. And so and, and that was good because, um, you know, she had some some very nice things and had some sentimental things um, and just things that I knew uh you know, the story behind it, you know, because I spent a lot of time with her. So I knew a lot of the things, you know, so, you know, so I, um, she had this huge doll collection. And so literally my grandfather had to build shelves in, um, in along an entire wall in this room because she had a doll collection, you know, 
and she'd just see a doll she liked and would get it. And so, um, but she had these um, Laurel and Hardy dolls. And so, and, and for me, I grew up watching Laurel and Hardy, you know, so it kind of brought me back to my childhood, you know, so I took those home with me, you know, and, um, you know, and they sit, you know, in the dining room and I see them, you know, and it just brings back that good memory, but I didn't want a lot of stuff. You know, so I was like, I already have a ton of stuff. I have teenagers because at the time I had teenagers. So I'm like, I have kids. They have a ton of stuff. And so um, are there other benefits just by having options as far as, you know, just doing it yourself and being able to decide what you want to keep and not keep? Well, yeah, the benefits are, you know, as sometimes I do um, work with clients that are um, have been in their home for 30 or 40 years and they they have had an issue maybe it was a fall or an illness and now they they are um do need assistance maybe they're on a walker or you know things like that that they've got they're doing physical therapy and things like that and they look around and realize that maybe their home is not safe and again it doesn't mean they have to move I'm never an advocate for saying, oh, goodness, you have to move. I'm an advocate for making good, wise decisions on what's best for you. And so sometimes looking around and realizing that it's not a safe environment and it's not just someone coming in and helping you with um, to, to restore your home. I'm sorry, to not restore, to retrofit your home, to make um, changes and make it so that it's capable and you can be there and be safe. It's also looking at things. Is there clutter? Are there things that are impeding the, the walkway or, you know, do things need to be picked up? Are the kitchen counters a little cluttered? And maybe that could be a, a, a hazard. So what are the hazards that, um, that we face as we age and we have illnesses or whatever it is. How do we take care of that? And that sometimes is just a matter of decluttering can really change a home and make it safer for someone to stay in. Yeah. Um, my first thought always is, is if you have rugs in the house, remove them, you know, because you know, anything that's a tripping hazard, um, always more difficult. Um, you know, you can, you know, buy the mats that don't move or even put the good tape on there. So it kind of tapes them down a little bit, you know, like your front door mats and things, um, you know, just things that help, you know, in that aspect of it. And so, right. And I do have some, um, partnerships that I, uh, work with people who are companies that, like I said, will retrofit, but they'll also come in and just do an analysis. They'll come in and, and look at everything and say, here are the things that we can change just to make things safer. And some, like I said, a lot of times that includes decluttering <laughs> and downsizing to make things safer, but maybe those rugs really meant something and they're very valuable and, but they do need to go. And so those, that's a, that whole process of downsizing. Yeah. Uh, I had a client that had a Persian rug, but it was a, it's a fall hazard. You know, they were on a walker, you know, you could trip and everything. And, and the, the child was in my office and um, I say the child, they were that young, you know, but they, um, they said, what do we do? And I said, you have it cleaned. And he goes, what? I said, have it cleaned. I said, roll it up and take it and have it cleaned. And that's what you say. The rug needs to be cleaned. And then when it comes back and it's all in plastic and clean and everything, you leave it in the garage. <laughs> and so you don't put it back out, you know, so 
sometimes, um, and I think sometimes it's, you know, it's easier. I think women see things differently than, than men. And so, um, you know, so it's easier sometimes for us to spot things that they may not right off the bat. And then sometimes it's the opposite. Men are very intuitive and the women don't, don't see things as clearly. And, um, but sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, really helping. And, and I think it's where you come in as far as, you know, as being um, kind of like a coach in, in the process, correct? Exactly. Talking through it. And, and usually when I work with older clients and we are going through the process of downsizing and selling their home, that's what I first question I ask is who else can we invite to, to meet with us? You know, let's, let's get everybody involved and let's all talk about what are the best options and let's all meet and, and uh, we can ask questions, we can answer questions and let's do it together as a group project because that way everybody kind of knows what's going on. And then usually what happens is the adult children are thrilled to have me coach because we all know it's easier to listen to suggestions and ideas and thoughts from people other than our families or our adult children. You know, yes. we don't want our adult children thinking that we're not capable. And so having someone who's, like I said, a, a disinterested, not really, but you know, from that term, third party, a person who can say, well, here are the options. Let's all look at them. And it works really well being uh, like a coach. Like I said, usually the adult children are very happy to have me. Yeah. And so sometimes it's very difficult, you know, to, to tell mom and say, um, you, you really don't need this and we don't want it. So what can we do with it? And so, um, and my sister has been really good about helping her sort through a lot of that stuff. Um, and so, which is great and um, for her and for us, you know, the other two that aren't, you know, aren't there that didn't have to go through the process with her. So just yeah, basically yeah. Um, being very supportive. Yay, mom, you got rid of some more stuff. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I think with her, what really helped was she wanted to remodel. And um, you're like, well, you can't remodel till you get rid of the stuff because there's, you know, it's in the way we need to get rid of it. And so, and I think that helped having that, um, uh, having the chain, the remodeling, it's a fresh new look, you know, so sometimes it's something could be just as simple, you know, as that. And I think it gives you an opportunity to go in and say, let's, let's remodel, let's move some things. And so, um, uh, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I had the house painted except for a couple of rooms that still hadn't finished. And, uh, and I walked into the laundry room and I opened the door and I went, wow, this room is so much brighter. I went, oh, it, it got painted today. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, yay, that made the room so much brighter. So, um, you know, sometimes it's the little things. Uh, I know with me, it's the little things and um, that I notice that sometimes are like really, really, uh, really makes a difference, you know, in what, in what you're doing. And so, yeah. uh, so I take it that, uh, we talked earlier, you have a list of, you know, wonderful list of great referral sources. And, um, so that gives you the ability to kind of take care of the clients and for just about everything they need. And so, um, I can appreciate that. I have somewhat similar of my own list, you know, a different different list, but somewhat that as well. And um, and what do you think that the the most important thing that if you you know if you're talking to somebody about downsizing, what do you think the most important thing is to kind of tell them to kind of help them through the process? That you know when you're talking to them and they're saying, well, I kind of want to downsize, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with stuff. What do you think is most helpful to that person to kind of get them over the hurdle? you know, so that they feel better about the process. 
it goes back to uh, when in the beginning when we were first talking and I, I always start out with what's the end game? What do we want to achieve? If, if, if it's just, I want to have neater things. I want it to be neater here. I'm not sure what I want to do. Then that's fine. What's the end result? Where do you want to be? Well, I want to be in a safer environment or I want to be near my children or I want to be in a smaller house. So it starts out, we have to begin with what's the goal? What do we really want to achieve? Then we can formulate a plan to get there. How long do you think the process lasts? You know, when you're downsizing, how long do you normally see the process last? Gosh, usually when I get uh, clients, I get called in for uh, clients who have already made the decision then it's a quick process because they've already decided I'm doing this. I am going, whether it's my client that just moved to Arkansas two weeks ago who had her house ready to be on the market in three weeks because she was ready or another couple that I worked with last year who are, were both 90 and they were the same way. They made the decision. They said, we are doing this and we got the house cleaned out and on the market just the same amount of time. So it just depends on where they are in the stage. If it's people just beginning, then it can take you know several months because they've got to go through that. They've got to start. They've got, you know, I've got two clients right now. I'm looking at my board. I've got two right now that they've made the decision. Their kids are working with them, but it's going to be about a four-month process for them to get there. So it's just like it just all depends on what phase they're in when we make the decision as to how long it's going to take. And so. Well, I know from numerous conversations that you and I have that that you know this part of what you do is probably more rewarding than actually selling the house, and um, and so that you really get to spend some time with families and um, and really be helpful and and really learn a lot about them because you're hearing those stories as well, and um, and so and I know in my practice I enjoy the stories. I like hearing the things that. Um, that were important to them and the, and the things that they accomplished. And um, so, um, you know, so I can appreciate how much you enjoy your job because I like mine just as much, if not more, I think. So um, what do you think the one big takeaway today would be? So if you had to, you know, just kind of give a takeaway, what would you, what do you think it would be? That all a, a trip of a thousand miles starts with one step. <laughs> You've got to start with the one step. How do you eat an elephant? But one bite at a time. It's all about, you know, deciding what's the goal and then how do you get there? And it doesn't have to be some monumental decision all done today. It's just, let's start with the first step. So Liz, if somebody wanted to find you and um, can you tell uh, for the recording and so for the people that aren't going to watch us uh, on the podcast, can you tell them how to find you? Sure, you can always reach me. There's my um, email address is there on the um, on the screen. You can always get me at Liz McNeil at kw.com. That's L-I-Z-M-C-N-E-E-L at kw.com. And then you can always call me anytime, 713-826-2731. Perfect. And so I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's always good to see you. And, um, and so, and hopefully that, um, you know, you can have an opportunity to help a whole lot more people. Uh, I appreciate the tips. Um, I didn't think about the whole story aspect of it um, because I think that makes a difference when you're trying to encourage people to take something that was meaningful to you. Um, so that was a really good learning thing for me today. So I appreciate that immensely. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, that came from a client. She caught, thought of that all on her own. And boy, I pinched it right away and said, I am using that because it was such a great idea. I have found that in my planning, clients will come up with great ideas that just give me an opportunity to go, oh, that's fantastic. I didn't even think of that. I'm going to use that down the road. And so we do. We just put it in our little toolkit and hang on to it. And uh, until the next person with similar circumstance, you think, hey, I had a client that came up with this option. How do you feel about that? And so so that's always good stuff. So I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. um, Always good to see you. And you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, no, it's, it's been, it's been my pleasure. And so, and, uh, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon. I'm sure. Thanks so much, Kim. All right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of life happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 AM, wherever you listen to your podcast, as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.